I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Uh, Chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. But for those of you who are looking it up, um, let, let me say in the meantime... Have you ever gotten into the scriptures, and I think it's the fifth chapter of uh, uh, Genesis, and it starts to give the uh, genealogies of, of, of Adam, and, and, and then it goes on to the begets and the begottens, and, and so on and so forth. And, 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 and it's so interesting that uh, as you're reading that, your eyes get a little drowsy, and, and, and then you get into uh, one of the worst books to try to... You never want to you never want to read it while you're sleepy, or or if you want to go to sleep, you you go to the book of Leviticus, and you start reading the, the begats and the begottens, and and as you as you're reading through there, you kind of get a little drowsy, and and so, uh, but you but you know the interesting thing is, is Moses wrote that book, and he didn't know any of those people, and. And though he didn't know any of those people, God never forgot one of those names. He gave every name that was written and those genealogies that were written, they were given to Moses by God. He never forgot one of those names. Do you think for, for just a, a fraction of a moment that God has forgotten your name? Do you think for a fraction of a moment that God has forgotten, Sister Horton, where you're at? Do you think God has forgotten your struggles? Do you think that God doesn't see where you're at right now? He hasn't forgotten you. He's here right now. And he has lit, we have lifted up His name and we have glorified His name. And whatever you have need of tonight, whatever you have lifted your hand and acknowledged that only God can answer that call, God recognizes that you give Him the glory and that He can meet that need tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't walk alone tonight, but you walk with a risen Savior. And the power that He, 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 he gives to us to live a holy life is here right now. We are overcomers. We are not bound, but we are overcomers of this world. And we're not left to our own devices because God is here to meet every need. Matthew 7, starting with verse 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, God, that you know every name that is written in the book of life. You know every name, God, that is here tonight. You know every need, every heart, and we ask that in the name of Jesus, that, God, that you would just bless this time of fellowship together, you with us, 
And as we, we, we enjoy, Lord, your presence, help us, Lord, to glean from your word and from your spirit. We ask that you administer in this place tonight. We ask that, God, you would do a mighty work in our hearts and that you would just do a, a, a great thing here tonight, Lord, by just meeting with us, God. And let us feel your fellowship and your love and your touch upon our souls. And let the Word of God go forth and do what it is supposed to do, Lord. We give you praise and honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We live in a very selfish time. We live in a time... Hold that. We live in a time when... There are a lot of people who are so um, what they call feigned. They're, they're, they're fakes. They're, they're phonies. They, they put on a facade. They, they, they show one thing and they do another. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not really who they say they are. And, uh, you know, they, 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 a lot of people really don't have a lot of good self-image. They don't, they don't look at themselves and say, I have value. But they, they, they look at our... Our society, and they, they look at the sports figures, and they, they think, I want to be like him. Or, the, or they look at the, the models, and they say, I want to be like him. Or they, they look at the, uh, the, 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 the movie stars, and they say, I want to be like him. Or maybe your ambitions are even greater, and you, you, you desire just a little bit of power. But in truth, most of, most of us live pretty, pretty ordinary lives. We, uh, I, I work in a very large company, and... It's amazing that in all these different places, different departments that are within my company, the, the people who really have authority are, are, are very few. But there are many who think that they have a lot of authority. See, authority is so, so evasive, it's so, so, so thin, it's... It's, most people really don't have it, but they think they have it. I, I've seen people who act like they, they, they have all this power and ability, and, and when it really comes right down to it, they could be fired just as quickly as anybody else, and they really don't have no pull with the bosses. You see, we're coming to the end of the message on the Sermon on the Mountain, and, and, and we see several interesting, interesting points that Christ is trying to make to His disciples as well as he is talking to us, the church, today. You look at the scriptures where it says, Christ said to beware of false prophets, for they will come in sheep's clothing, but inside they are ravening wolves. They're, they're not who they claim to be. We, we, we look at so many men who have so many of these, these, these big churches, and they, they have all, we, we seek to have the hundreds and the thousands of people come through our doors and and, 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 and it's a mind-blower for some who, who, who just think that, you know, I would love to have that kind of number, but in truth, these people are like sifting sand because they don't, the next, next fad that comes along, they're gone. Or when the, when, when the Scripture says, like the Scripture says that, you know, when the, when the sun comes up and it beats upon that seed that is planted, there's no ground underneath it so it doesn't grow. And, and so the, the weeds of the life grow up around you and, 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 and it chokes off. And so these people who are so, so congregated in these big mega churches, there's no foundations. And Christ was trying to show that these men who, who say you don't need to follow the gospel. I, I don't know how many of you, it, it made me sick. 
I don't, I don't know how many of you that uh, read Sunday's paper. And there was this man, and, 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 and I, not that I don't know his name, but I don't choose to say his name. There's this man who's retiring as the preacher of the Universalist Church. And he was talking about, you know, there is no real God. You know, it's, it's this love. It's, there, there, there really is God. He, he had this, I, I, I was trying to discern what he was trying to say in this article, but he said he met this, this black woman. And, 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 and somehow he translates this black woman into to an angel of God and how it translated his thoughts into... He was raised in a, in, a, in a denominal church, but somehow this experience was so supernatural that he no longer thought God was, was, was up in heaven, but he, he thought God was just this great spirit of love. And that he didn't have to teach anymore these, these, these principles of the Word of God, but he, he created his own doctrines. And he talked about keeping track of the earth and that Mother Earth and talked about how he was a rebel and he, how he did all these things that um, were against the law. You see, he's a sheep, or he's a, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And uh, he's one of those guys that were out uh, doing gay marriages when it was for a short time here in Indiana. The point is, is that there's all these people who, who say that I am of Christ. I am of this. I am of that. I, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. But inside, they're not who they say they are. We, we, we take this as a warning. In Matthew 24 and 5, it says, Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. In Luke 21 and 8, it says, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draws near, go not therefore after them. 2 Corinthians 11:14 says, And marvel not, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You see, if you look closely at these verses, you see that it doesn't matter what you see on the outside. It's what's coming from the inside that makes a difference. In Luke 11:39, it says, Jesus said, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but inward you are full of ravening and wickedness. It doesn't matter how clean you look. It doesn't matter how well cut your hair is if you're men. It doesn't matter how well combed your hair is if you're a woman. How, mu how, how much you, you, you'd put the doodads in your hair. It doesn't matter how, how, how nice you dress, although we do appreciate it. But the point is, is it doesn't matter what's on the outside. You see, if you look at this, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, if you look at the Beatitudes, it's, he's talking about what's, what's on the inside. He's talking about men who don't, really had the goods on the inside. And he's warning us, don't be like those men. Be aware of who they are. You know, you can, you can only put up a facade for so long, but sooner or later, those little cracks in the character will come out. And maybe they'll, they'll slip and, 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 and say something that just, just 
doesn't strike a chord with the Word of God. You know, that many times, and I'm certainly as guilty of it as anybody else, there are many times when, when a minister will get going and, and sometimes he, 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 he may not just be right where he needs to be as far as his, his scripture quotations, but there are many men who... I, I, I've heard men say that you don't, you don't need to pay tithe, just, just give. That's not what the Word of God says in Malachi 3. You know, there are many doctrines out there that seem good. There are many doctrines out there that seem right to the flesh. But to the Spirit, they just don't, they don't ring true. We live in a time and a day and an age where there are many voices crying out saying, you don't have to be this way. But God calls us to a different walk, a, a different life. We, want the in, we need to have the inside of our hearts clean just as well as the outside. We read in Matthew 7.15, it points out the culmination of what is said to His disciples on the ser- Sermon on the Mount. For instance, if, if you look at Ma- Matthew 5, 3-11, it talks about the poor in spirit. It talks about those who, are, who mourn, they'll be, fun- they'll be comforted. Those who seek righteousness, they will be filled. They that are merciful, they shall find mercy. Those that are pure in heart, they shall see God. Those that are peacemakers, they shall be called the children of God. With each of these attitudes, or, or, or these beatitudes, they deal with the attitude of what's inside. If you look throughout Scripture, God looks at what's on the heart. God looks upon what's on your heart, not what's on the outside, because what's ever on the heart is going to come on the outside. What's ever inside of you is going to come out sooner or later. You can't hide from God's Word. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to bring out the, the true character and who you are. When we look at the verses that we read, and it talks about just evil men. It doesn't just talk about evil men. It talks about all kinds of men. Matthew 7, 18, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. And in Matthew 7, 20, it says, that Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. What fruit are you known by? I knew a minister, a local minister, I ain't gonna, I, I'm not going to say his name. When I first started working for my company... I, I had been there about a year or so, and this this guy come online, and he started working. And I and at first I didn't know he was a minister, but when he was around other people, he was gripey, he was whiny, he was complaining, and and and, and pretty soon I I learned that he he was a minister from the local church, so I started talking to him, tried to encourage him. And one day I just had to come out and ask him, why? He really didn't have a, a whole lot to say about it, but, you know, he, uh, there are just some, some people who seem to have a lot of tragedies in their life, but, you know, we all have tragedies. If I was to ask each one of you, you, would, you, would, you could tell me about a bunch of tragedies, uh, tragedies in your life. But we don't go around walking with our feelings on our sh- shirt sleeves 
There's a, there's a scripture in, in, in 1 Corinthians that talks about Paul. Paul says, if, if I discourage you by telling you all my troubles, then where will I find encouragement? If, if, if I'm constantly saying I'm this and I'm that, I've got troubles, I've hurt, I'm, I'm 54 years old. I wake up every day in trouble. I, I wake up with pain. I'm, you know, it comes with life. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> but you know, that doesn't mean I have to tell everybody. Where's the joy of your Lord? Is that just a scripture to you? Is, 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 is the word, the joy of the Lord, my strength? Are you without strength? God wants us to have a joy that not just bubbles up on the inside, but also bubbles out. Why would we want to have somebody come to church and have everybody tell him his troubles? He's got his own. Worst of all, he's, he's probably lost. I'm talking about what's on the inside. I'm talking about those who, who don't really put forth the right image. Those who don't really show who Christ is. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3:10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, Charity and patience. What he was saying was, hey, look at my life. What kind of person am I? You know how I have lived. You know how I have behaved before you. You've known my manner of life. You know what I've taught. You know the things that I've done. You know the purpose in my life is to, is, is to preach the gospel. You know. You know of my faith. You know how I've endured for a long time the, 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 the things that I, I've had to endure, the shipwrecks, the, fir, the thirstings, the, the, the beatings, the, 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 the dangers, the perils that I've had to face, and yet I have not given up my faith. For some of us, if we have a bad day, we're ready to walk out the church doors. What's on the inside? Paul says, I have been patient through it all that I might gain Christ. All that we do, all that we're here for, is to gain Christ. It's to gain. We gain Christ so much more when we, when he, when we accept His salvation. We gain so much the least of which is, is an eternity with Him, but He gives so much the love, the joy, the peace, the meekness, the long-suffering, the temperance. He gives us fruits to live by. He gives us the ability to grow. He gives us the joy to laugh. He gives us a vision of, of, of a tomorrow that, that will never end. We have so much to be happy about. If you were to look into your life tonight, what would Paul say about your life? Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for the end of the days when he would come back for his church. In Matthew 24, 21 through 25, For then shall be great tribulation, such 
as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be, except those days be shall, should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For many shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect." You know, there have been many disciples, even in my day, many men who, who have claimed to be messiahs. And as the day of time, as the day closes in our, in our world, there are going to be many more. Jesus taught us how to recognize the fraud from the, from the original. It's because everybody will know them by their fruits. At first they may seem to be the real deal. They'll seem gentle in spirit, but still inside they'll eventually show through and it's only a matter of time, but we'll see who they really are. For some, seek money. How many of us have heard that all that church wants is just your money? Even when I first started coming to this church, there was, there was a local church that ended up chasing other, other people away because of the fact that the leadership went bad. The history that has followed, and, and this is just a brief history of false Christs, there was Apollo Quillaby who was born in 1950. He is the founder and leader of the Philippine-based Restorationist Church. There was Alan John Miller who was born in 1962, more commonly known as A.J. Miller, a former Jehovah's Witness elder. There was David Shaler who was a former MI5 agent and in the summer of 2007 proclaimed himself to be the Messiah. There was a man by the name of Oscar Romero Ortega Hernandez. Try saying that one. In November of 2011, he fired nine shots with an AK rifle at the White House in Washington, D.C., believing himself to be Jesus Christ. We can go on and talk about David Koresh, who was born in 1959 and died in 1993. Born in Valley, born in Vernon, Wayne Howell, he became the leader of the Branch Davidian cult in Waco, Texas. There's James Warren, or known as Jim Jones, who was born on May 13, 1931. And we know that history showed that he, he was quite a man, he was quite charismatic, that he left, led many to their deaths. But he said this, and I quote, What you need to believe in is what you can see. If you see me as your friend, I'll be your friend. As you see me as your father, I'll be your father. For those of you who don't have a father, if you see me as your savior, I'll be your savior. If you see me as your God, I will be your God. You see, there are still many, many who are still showing up as false prophets that come in sheep clothing, looking like they are holy and telling you from the Word of God. But every message God has must be supported by God's Word. God will never send a man... God will never send a person that will not tell the word that will not speak the word of God. It will not his word will not contradict the word of God. Another sign of the last days is that the gospel shall be preached in every nation. The church has almost reached a point where it has reached every nation through radio or books or under or, or the underground church. But there's still much work to do. There's still people that have to be reached. We know that Christ is not done with this world yet. 
The last soul hasn't been reached because if it had, Christ would have come back. I uh, forgive me for for just a little bit of fatherly pride, but I I heard today from my from uh, Jake Rubel, and he came to me today just before I left work, and he said, "Hey, have you had a, have you had a chance to talk to your son?" I said, "No." He said, "Well, he got a Bible study this week." You see, the Word of God is not done touching lives. I'm proud of my son. But I'm more interested in the things that God is still willing to do for us. I'm still, I'm still interested in how God is willing to change your life and my life to still reach the few that have yet to be won. I'm still interested in seeing how God is going to touch that last person, that last man, that that last woman. There are still so many who have yet to call upon the name of God. You think in a modern society like today that 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 everybody would have known who who Christ is, but there are still some who, who don't. It's amazing. Even when we get into the, those, those nations, there has to be people who will, who will pray. There has to be people who are going to fast. There has to be somebody willing to get out of their comfort zone and go out and, and, and spread the Word of God, reaching for that lost man, that lost woman. In the last days, the Word of God has become scarce. The Word of God has become scarce because there's so many people who say you don't need the Word of God anymore. There's so many people who say you don't need to go to church anymore. We we really are a, a, a blessed people. You and I are a blessed people because we live in a, in a place in America that where the gospel is still being preached. You can look on the the left coast, the west coast, and the east coast, and people have all but abandoned the church. There are still churches out there. There are still men out there reaching, but the, you know, a big mega city like Chicago, how how every night somebody's dying, every night somebody's being shot, somebody's being being murdered, somebody's being accosted. And, and, and yet there's, there's very few churches in Chicago today. Men going out into eternity, not knowing who Jesus is. We live in a very exciting time to see how things are coming together. And yet we live in a very troubling time. What's that? Um, I'm trying to think the guy who did the... Uh, it, it, it's a, a Mark, not Mark Twain... Oh, we're the best of times, the worst of times. Anyway, yeah, it's bugging me too. But that's where we're at today. We, we are living in the best of times to see how God is working His, His wonders. God has given you and I special blessings. Do you think that 
Do you think that during this time when, 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 when there's such a crucifixion or such a, 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 a crush of the church that God hasn't given you the abilities to still touch lives? There are men who, who proclaim that they are preachers of righteousness, but yet they don't preach righteousness. They preach feel-good messages and, and positive messages. But there are still men who are willing to take the Word of God and, and rightly divide it and stand before a platform and, and try to reach the, the, the lost with their gospel message. There are still men who are willing to do street meetings and willing to go out into the highways and the byways. There are many of you who have had testimonies who said, I knew a man before he was saved and he was such a rascal. But yet after God got a hold of him. I was talking with Jake a couple weeks back and he said, I, I was one of those guys. He says, I was quite a character before God saved me. And how many more of you, how many more of you, I talked to Doug Sims And he has had quite a past before he came to Christ. I'll leave it there. Okay, okay. How, how can we know when a man is a false prophet, is what he's asking. There are so many men who say they're prophets of God. There are, there are so many men who say, I've, God spoke to me and I, He wanted me to tell you this, or God told me this, and they, they prophesy. How do we know the difference between a false prophet and a real prophet? That's right. That's right. I, I don't know the scripture reference, but... You know it's uh it's it's, it's so amazing uh, when you when when you think about that is that there's also scripture that says my sheep shall know my voice. You know when you start speaking the word of God, there's something there's something that rings true in your spirit that yeah that's that's from God. There I. Again, I won't mention names, but I, I met a man and he started saying that God showed him this and God showed him that in the Word, that, but yet it wasn't written in the Word and, and you knew he was off in left field somewhere. I felt sorry for him. He, 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 he was deceived. And there's so many who are. They, they, they go off on tangents. But you know, God doesn't want you to go off on a tangent. God doesn't want you to go off into left field. And so what does He do? He... He brings a shepherd to the platform and he, he says, 
Guide these people. Give them the Word of God. Let them see for themselves what it takes to, 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 to make it to heaven. The Word of God, if, if, if I can say this, the, the Word of God, there, there are very few mysteries in the Word of God when it comes to living for God. Everything you need to know about making it to heaven, it's right there. There's, there's nothing hidden about how to get into heaven. There's nothing hidden in the Word of God on how to live holy. There's nothing hidden in the Word of God about your attitude. There's nothing hidden in the Word of God about how to live in a a world that has gone crazy. It's not hidden from any of it, from any of us. All we have to do is pick up our Bibles and read it and see. the, the, The Scripture's the greatest mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. But there are very few other mysteries in the Scriptures. Because God wants each one of us to make heaven our home. And when, when, when a man is not living a life, when a man is not living a life that is according to the Word of God, then you, you need to move away from him. A man who has a, an immoral relationship and, is, and he's supposed to be a pastor and, and, and then, then he wants to still shepherd a congregation, no, that's not going to work. It's not going to work to have immorality in the pulpit. It's not going to work to have immoral leadership. It's not going to work to have immorality in the church. We are to separate ourselves. We need to come out from the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean things. God doesn't want us to look like the world. I started out about... Or maybe I didn't. I, I, I moved down the road pretty quick. But you, you, you talk about self-image. God wants our image to reflect who He is. Not who we are. God wants us to look like Him. I'm not talking about in the, in the tunics. I'm not talking about walking around in robes. But what I'm talking about is, is that inward inside of us. The Holy Ghost bringing out the inward fruits of His Spirit. God wants us to display because it's those things that will draw men unto Him. It's Christ in you that will draw men the joy that you have, the love that you have, the compassion that you have. That's what draws men. Why are you the way you are, John? God filled you with the Holy Ghost, didn't He? And day by day by day, as you pray and as you worship and as you live before Him, He starts changing the little things. You've, we've all heard about the diamond in the rough and how God just chips away at that, that, that diamond to make it a smooth, beautiful thing to look at. And there are so many of you in your souls that are so beautiful to look at because you were once drug addicts and you were once alcoholics and you were once wife beaters and you were once murderers and you were once whatever, whatever, whatever. But when you took Christ into your heart and when you took Christ into your life, God little by little changed your attitudes until you became something shining that He can hold up to the world and see, look what I've done and I can do it for you. 
God called us not to be a false a false person, a false Christ. He didn't call us to be a false witness. When we can't accept, when we don't accept the, the blessings of God, it's, it's like throwing it all back up into God's face saying, you can't help me. When we don't accept what God is trying to change in our hearts and change in our lives and, and say, I don't want to, I, I, I was born this way and I'm not going to change. It's like throwing it back up in the face of God and saying, you can't change me. There's not a man or a woman within the sound of my voice that God is not willing to change for the better. Can somebody stand and tell me that God has made you a worse person? Is there somebody who can stand and tell me that God has made you an awful person? Is there somebody here who can stand and tell me about their, their, the wonderful life they have, the, the, the things that God has blessed you with? The fact that you wake up the next day, the fact that you can hear, the fact that you can smell, the fact that you can touch, the simple things. But there are more than that because the Scripture says that God daily loads us with benefits and more than just the, 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 the sensories, he, he gives us physical blessings too. We have a house over our heads and we have food on our tables. They're not always steak. It's not always roast. But once in a while, you know, we get physical blessings from God. We get, we get material blessings from God. We get spiritual blessings from God. And all those things are just to draw us to Him. To show the world that at a time when everything else is falling apart, Christ is still our refuge. Christ is still the one I want to live for. There's not a man, there's not a woman that is able to tell me that God can't heal because He's done it in my life. And there are many here in this room that God has healed. And, and there are many in this room that God has answered prayer. And there are many in this room where God has given you things that you never would have had if it wasn't for God. I look at my life and the good things that God has given me. I have a home and a wife and kids. I look at my family, my extended family, my brothers and my sister. They don't have what I have because they don't serve God. The world is looking for the real thing. There are many false prophets out there. There are many people who say things that they are not. And they need to see the real deal. In Matthew 10, it tells us, He who endures to the end shall be saved. You see, for some of us, we're going to suffer trials for the cause of Jesus Christ. For some of us, we're going to suffer persecutions. For some of us, because we're Christians, we're going to be hated of all men. 
For some of us, we may even lose our lives. For some of us, we need to renounce the world's treasures, as they call them. For some of us, we may have to suffer for the cause of Christ. For some of us, we're going to lose reputations. For some of us, we may even suffer death, as according to 2 Corinthians 4.11. Scripture says in Jeremiah 12 and 5, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou hast treadest, thou, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? If you can't live for God now, what are you going to do when it really gets tough? Let's stand. I have other notes, but I, I feel like it's enough. We live in a time that is very dark here in America. We, uh, we're living in very dangerous times. We, what scares, scares, it, what bothers me is what's happening to the south of us in Texas. It's not just to the diseases that they're bringing, but they're, they were talking today about terrorism, and we don't know what else is going on down there. We look at the time when America was once was great and now it's greatly diminished. But you see, Christ will never fail you. No matter what way the world turns out, and we know, because Scripture tells us, the power of God to save, the power of God to keep you and me, the power of God to deliver us out of every situation has not diminished and we can overcome because He overcame. And that's what the Holy Ghost is all about. To be overcomers. The false Christ, the false witnesses, they're, they're as numerous as the sands of the sea. But are you the real deal? Are you the real one? Are you who you say you are? You and God know. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you so much that you don't leave us in the dark, Lord, but you give us a path to follow. You teach us, Lord, about the difference between the true and the false, and you teach us, Lord, how to be true to you. And we thank you so much for that. We thank you for everything that you do for us. Lord, let our light shine before men. Let each one here, Lord, sometime this week, help to, to witness to somebody, to tell of Christ, to let the light of Christ shine through them, that God, others may see Christ in them. God, I ask that you would bless each one and help them, Lord, to, 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 to cleanse the, the, the worldliness, to cleanse the things of the world away. Not, not just the, the physical things, but God, the the eternal things, the, 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 the immoral things, the unholy things, the distracting things, and all that takes away from you, God. Help us to be what we need to be so that the world can see you in us and we can tell them about you. We thank you for the guidance of your word, Lord, and for the, for the things that you do. We ask your blessings upon each one of these people here, Lord. Go with them this week and be...
and, and be their God, Lord, and be their strength in the, in the weak times and in the great times and help them, Lord, to feel your love. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.